Shelby Christian Church. This is Joe and Ashley. We hope you guys are doing well. We sure miss all of you guys. As you can see behind us, this is the city of Ancona. This is where we live. This is where we do ministry. We wanted to take a few moments just to thank each and every one of you guys. We're so grateful for your prayers, for your constant encouragement, and for your financial support. It's truly an honor to be able to call you guys our home church. You guys take such great care of us. And it's also a blessing to be an extension of Shelby Christian Church here in Ancona, here in Italy. We want to take a couple moments to also share with you what's been happening lately in our lives and what's happened this past year. Yeah, so this past summer we moved from Bologna, where we did language school, down here to Ancona, where we joined our teammates. Um, we found an apartment, and we're all settled in now. Uh, we have continued to keep studying with our language partners almost daily just to uh, improve our language and fluency even more and we're glad that they've been open to hearing the gospel and our testimonies and even just having spiritual conversations so there have been restrictions here because of COVID-19 but despite those restrictions we're still able to get out in the community and to interact with people yeah and since we've been settled down we've been getting out very regularly with our teammates to share the gospel and pray with people and then following up with those who are interested to study the bible it's been very encouraging to walk alongside our teammates who have been here for a while now and who know the language and the culture so well. Yeah, we are just so grateful for you all for making this ministry possible, for allowing us to do this ministry here in Ancona, and we wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Good morning, church. All right, let's try that again, all right? Good morning, church. All right, all right. All right, man, I'm so excited to see Joe and Ashley. That was so cool. Uh, folks from here uh, that are now serving as part of our team and serving in Italy, uh, and that's all made possible through our Together initiative and what our uh, Together team does throughout the year in missions and outreach and benevolence. And so starting today in all the offering boxes around are the red envelopes. If you've been here for the last couple of years, you know the red envelopes. That's what we use leading up to Christmas. And our goal at Christmas is to preload as much of next year's uh, mission, benevolence, and outreach budget as we possibly can. We've got some great partners, uh, the ones you see around the world, Camp Calvary here local, some ones here uh, in our community, and our scholarships we get to use for the kids when they actually do get to go to camp and things like that. So there's just so much that can be done through our Together initiative. And so I'd encourage you to get on the church website at shelbychristian.org uh, or our new Christmas website that is Christmas at SCC.org. It's just Christmas stuff. And there's an explanation about how all the together stuff is used. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you signed up for the Christmas couples uh, coffee today at 1130 or 1230, don't forget that's today in the gym. And, and right now, let's just do what we came here to do. Worship is all about what we bring to the table. So let's stand up right now and let's worship God and realize everything that happens from now on is not for us, it's for Him. And so let's give it to Him right now. Dark. 
extra hard to find joy and yet he rules the world right he rules the world and in that we can find joy we're reminded of that at this moment every week this time that really is all about bringing we we bring ourselves to worship we we celebrate communion and we think of Christ bringing salvation to us when he left heaven to come to earth to bring us the possibility of joy, of salvation. And and this week I was reminded as I was studying, I I tried really hard the weeks that I'm not preaching to really dig in and, and, and to learn something new or to be reminded of something. And I was reminded of this, that that in, in the Bible where it talks about our tithes, it never talks about giving them. What God said was bring the whole tithe. Bring. You see, we can't give something that's not ours in the first place. Because what we've been blessed with, every one of us, are God's blessings from above. And, and our time of tithing is when we bring back what God has given us. So during these next few moments, and I know that now uh, a lot of you guys, in fact, well over half of the church gives online, and, and that's awesome. But I hope when you're doing that, you're bringing, you're bringing back part of what God has blessed you with. If you haven't already done that, you can do that right now, and you can also remember what God brought you. It's Christmas, right? It's all about gifts and people bringing gifts to each other. And Christmas is all about God bringing, sending the greatest gift of all. So I'm going to pray. And if you haven't already picked up uh, your emblems, you can go to the various stations around uh, and pick those up and take communion uh, in your own time, in your own prayerful uh, place. Let's pray together. God, help us to bring ourselves to you. When we come together to worship Help us to bring the very best. When we take communion, help us to be reminded that you brought the very best as Jesus came. And and God, as we bring our tithes, help us to be reminded that's first fruits. It's off the top. It's the, it's the best. It's the first of what we have been given by you. That's the thing that you taught me this week is that and when it comes to finances, the giving actually came from you as you gave me the opportunity and I bring back part of what you've given to me. So God, I pray that you'll bless this time as we continue to bring you our best and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
and Merry Christmas. You know, like Dave said, it was so good to, uh, to see Ashley and Joe uh, on that video. And I got to actually catch up with them uh, this week on a Zoom call. Um, and, and they're doing great. They, uh, they're learning the language. They've been over there about a year, and so they went to language school uh, up in Bologna for about nine months. And so they were doing that. I left about a year ago, uh, of course, didn't know, you know, it's nothing like moving to a new country, not knowing, knowing the language in the middle of a pandemic, right, for them. So whatever you've had going on, you know, um, and so right now you could be praying for them uh, because they're getting, they're getting ready to take a driver's test over there. And so apparently it's really a lot more intense than it is even here for our 16 and 17 year olds uh, that do that. Over there, uh, they said even like, um, some adults that, that are Italians failed the test the first couple of times. And they all are on stick shifts because they don't have any uh, uh, automatic transmissions. And Ashley has never driven. So she's got to learn to drive a stick <laughs> in a different country while speaking Italian uh, for a test that's hard for Italians. So she's really nervous about that. So we're praying for them uh, as they try to figure some of that stuff out. But it's good to, good to see them and, and to connect with our, our together partners. And I know you guys are, are praying for them. Let me ask you guys a, a question this morning. Are you a patient person? Are you good at waiting for things? Everybody's kind of smiling. Going, no, not so much. I have to admit to you, Confession time, okay? I am not a patient person. And, and it plays itself out in, in several different areas almost daily. But So like when I drive across town, right, and you're driving, is anybody not patient when you're driving? All right? You don't have to raise your hand, but I see some heads nodding. Uh, are you guys like standing in lines for whatever reason? Like this is a pride thing. This is a me thing. This is a like, you know, you think you're more important than other people. It's like, why isn't this line moving faster? Why am I standing here? And, you know, now people are, while they're standing in line, what are they doing? They're looking at their phones. And so, like, you know, you're, people are looking at their phones, and I'm going, hey, the line's moving. Would you get off your phone and take two steps forward? Stay six feet apart, but take two steps forward, you know? And so I, I become this like person like why am I so impatient at times I, I order an Amazon package and it's like it should be there that day <laughs> like where is it you know I'm trek checking you know the tracking thing going all right when's it going to be here? like it, at least it'll be here by tomorrow right and it was like two or three days like why is that package not here this is ridiculous why am I so impatient right and so for you are there things that make you just kind of like ah let me ask you this question I, there's I don't do they show the pictures yet already you guys see the pictures. Show these pictures. Uh, I had some pictures on here. Go back to the... Uh, uh, I, I love these guys down here. Any of you guys that... Have, when we used to go to malls and we used to shop, any of you guys ever sit out in the out in the, th- in the thing there? Some of the guys shaking your heads, like waiting for your wives to... I love those guys. They're just like... They're waiting for their, their wives. And so I guess they're patient because they're, they're asleep, you know. But I can relate to kind of some of those things. Um, if you have a small child... In your world right now, a, a small kid in, in your life, what are they asking right now? How many more days, right? How many more days until Christmas? And it's like, what is it? Like we're six, so, so 19, right? Today's not, the answer's 19 more days. And so kids like, I can't wait for Christmas. I can't wait for Christmas. Here's the question I want to ask you guys this morning as we begin. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? Maybe it's a new job offer. Maybe it's a proposal 
right? Maybe it's that relationship. I saw a, a thing on, on Facebook, a friend, a, a friend of a friend of a friend, something like that, you know? Um, and and th- this couple was still a young couple, like in their late 20s. And they were talking about how they'd been together for eight years. You know, they were just still dating. And I'm like, beautiful, beautiful young lady, right? And a good-looking guy, like, dude, what are you waiting for? Eight years? And I'm sure she's thinking, right, ladies? What is she thinking? Dude, what are you waiting for, right? Have you ever had to, to wait on something? Well, what are you... What are you waiting for today? This is the, the season that in the liturgical sense is called the Advent season. And Advent means arrival. And so a lot of times in Christmas time, we're talking about waiting on the arrival of Jesus. We, we know the story, right? We're familiar with the story. I want to uh, read you guys a quote that I found when I was studying this week. I love this, this quote. It's from Louis Giglio. And here's what he says. He says, down the slope of a hill in a cave carved out, of, carved out by the wind and the rain, a place where animals took shelter in the storm, a Savior was born who would take away the sins of the world. Jesus' arrival did not come without a wait. Did you guys realize that when you open up your Bible and you go to the Old Testament and you look at the very last few words in the Old Testament... In the book of Malachi. There's usually right after that, there will be like a white piece of paper. Maybe some of you guys have this in your in your Bibles. Uh, just a, a, one sheet, and then it'll say the New Testament. Going from the old to the new. Did you realize that this white piece of paper represents 400 years? Dave mentioned this a couple weeks ago. 400 years of silence. From God. 400 years where God doesn't say a word, doesn't move, doesn't do anything. And, and, and so Malachi, it ends there in the Old Testament. And then this story of Jesus' arrival, right, that we read about in the Gospels. For 400 years, there's this waiting. And there's this waiting. And you can imagine, you, you could imagine the people. Right, for, for, from century to century, like for 400 years they wait. And, and so it's natural to begin to question, where's God? Like, what's he doing? Where is he? Why isn't he moving? Why isn't he telling us anything? Why isn't he speaking? Why hasn't he sent us a prophet or a leader or a king? Where are you, God? The world was a dark place then. There, there was a lot of hopelessness. You, you can imagine that. For 400 years, nothing from God. But the wait would soon be over. And the silence would soon be broken. And in a messy manger, Jesus was born. God in human flesh. The Son of God has become Son of Man. And so this Christmas story, right... Is one that's fulfilled promises from God. For Christians, Christmas, it reaffirms our faith. It gives us reason to celebrate the goodness and the nearness of God. Emmanuel, God with us. And so, today, maybe we need something 
to celebrate. Do you guys need something to celebrate, right, this year? Like, what, what is it that we can celebrate and really be thankful for this year? I, I think we need to celebrate the fact that this story is true and that there's this understanding that God is near. He is with us, and we don't have to wait anymore. Sometimes we can struggle, though, right? In the seeming silence of God. I bet sometimes in your life, you felt that God seems silent. God, God seems absent. Like, God, where are you in the midst of this messy world, in the midst of my messy life, in the midst of this brokenness that we are experiencing, that you are experiencing, that your family may be experiencing? You can look out to God. You can look up to God. You can cry out to God and go, God, where are you in the middle of all of this? And Christmas comes and it urges us on and reminds us that God is near and that God will come through on his promises. You see, when God gets ready to do something, when when God gets ready to do something great, he always prepares the way. When God gets ready to do something great, he prepares the way. The spirit of Christmas bursts through with God's promises He's got a plan for our dark, broken world. And he's made provisions for his people. It, it didn't seem like it for, for centuries. All right, God, all right, what are you doing? Where are you working? Are you still alive? Was all this a hoax? But if we'll be patient, if we'll be persistent, we'll see his plan fulfilled. And if we look in the right direction, we will see that he... He always has a plan for us. In the Old Testament, God used prophets on occasion to deliver his message and reveal his plans. In the Old Testament, it's full of these prophetic words from God. Many of these words are fulfilled in the New Testament and and, and through Jesus and and through the gospel story. But I want us this morning to look at a a guy in the Old Testament, Isaiah. Isaiah was a a prophet of God. He was used in, in God's kingdom, in the kingdom of Judah around 700 B.C., uh, what's interesting about much of Isaiah's prophetic words and the things that he said and talked about was that they focus on a coming Messiah. I want you to listen to these words Isaiah wrote in Isaiah seven fourteen. You, you've heard these before. These are are very very common words to hear around Christmas time. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Here's what's interesting about these words. Isaiah wrote those words 700 years before Mary would give birth to Jesus. Did you catch that? They mentioned that a couple weeks ago, too. 700 years. Before it would happen. I don't know how much proof you need about like how God's working and how the Holy Spirit works when you read scripture and when you, when you kind of start to really study it and connect the things that are going on in the Old Testament with what's going on in the New Testament and how many times Jesus would, would, would quote Isaiah in the New Testament and how, how many times you would hear Jesus say, it, it, it was said or it was written. A lot of times when he would say those things, you have heard, right? When Jesus would say that, he's talking, referring back to Isaiah. And so here you have this guy, 700 years 
before it happens. Who's prophesying in Judah to to a a people who who are broken. In In a dark world, in a dark situation. 700 years before it happens. And so you can see God's spirit moving in Isaiah's words. The prophet Isaiah, his words were quoted numerous times, like I said, in the New Testament. Isaiah reminds us that God has a plan. He's always had a plan for us. You see, in Isaiah's day, the Israelite people were in this, um, they were in this kind of cycle. They, they would go through this rebellion with God, and then there would be a revival. And then they kind of fall back into rebellion, and then there would be this revival. And so there are kings, and there are prophets, and some of them are good kings, and some of them are bad. And so God would send a prophet, in this case it's Isaiah, to warn the people, to preach to the people, to tell the people, to say, Hey, you need to wake up. You need to, you need to be sh- shaken awake in your blindness, in, in your slumber, because you are falling away from God, and He is not pleased with you. And so they would wake up, and they would realize, and they would hear these words, and they would come back to God for a season. And then they would go back into their own ways, their own wicked ways. And so there are all these seasons of, of rebellion and revival with God's people in the Old Testament that we see. It's, it's all through the Old Testament. Isaiah proclaimed God's holiness and he warned the people, uh, like I said, of their blindness. God also, uh, Isaiah also pronounces God's coming judgment on the people because of their rebellion and their pride. But he also talks about God's mercy and grace. Isaiah says, yes, judgment is going to come upon the people. But God's compassion will also repeatedly rescue the people of Israel. And so Isaiah called God's people to repentance, to turn from their ways and to find peace and rest in him. Isaiah would say this very often. He would say, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Do you see the nuance in that phrase, in those words? Seek the Lord while he may be found. The implication is that at some point, he may not be found anymore. Right? At some point, you're going to look for him and say, where did God go? Seek him while he is near. It should be this stark warning for the people of Israel, and it should be one for us as well. Seek Jesus. While he may be found. You see, the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas can easily be ignored when we focus on ourselves. Isn't it so easy to miss it? Isn't it easy to miss it when we get distracted? I I love all the things that Christmas brings. And I know most of you do too. You, you love it. You love the you love the, the the lights. You love the decorations. You love the way that that makes people feel. You love the presents. You love you know you know when, when people come over to your house. I know some of you you're at people over your house. I won't tell you about. You know you know, you love all those things, right? We love those things. And we get together and the food and the candy and, and the songs. We, we we love all that stuff. I love it too. I love it. You know, when you have kids, it's like, it's kind of this renewed thing. You see it through the eyes of your kids again, and, and they're so excited about Christmas and all those things. But then we walk that, that line of tension, right? I, I especially do as, as a pastor, because it's like, I want to make sure my boys know that like, you know, Christmas isn't about Santa, right? It's not about Rudolph. There's, there's this, this real story. There's this real thing that Christmas is about, and it's about Jesus. And so it can be really, it can be really easy for us to lose sight of that and to get distracted by that and to miss it. I want you to listen to this passage or this a quote from Rick McKinley. I love this too. He says, the creator 
of the cosmos chose from among the numerous galaxies and spinning stars one tiny rock of a planet on which to enter human life in the most natural and self-effacing of ways. Through the womb of an unwed teenage girl, his was one of many births that night, no doubt, but it was unique. God became a wailing, wrinkled newborn, birthed onto the bloody straw of life on our sin-sick planet. Amid planet Earth's great suffering and sin, God announces his rescue plan for us, and his name's Jesus. And he shows us that God is near. And my message for you this morning is that God has a plan. When God gets ready to do something great, he prepares the way. But apart from the angels nudging a few scared shepherds and a weird star in the sky noticed by some astrologers, almost everyone missed it that night. They missed it. They they missed what was happening right in front of them. And if we're not careful, we can miss it. We we can get so distracted. You you see it. You you see your neighbors do it. You you see people in the community. You see people all over the world that that miss it. It, it, It's this secular thought about what Christmas is. And when I hear people say, like, hey, what's Christmas? What's Christmas mean to you? And they rattle off something that... (laughs) It is just not what it is supposed to be about. It just breaks my heart, doesn't it? You? That's like, oh man, you're missing it. That, that, that's not the answer. It's not about Frosty. It's not about Rudolph. It's not about the candy and the cakes and the food and the get togethers. It's not about the gatherings and the presents. It's not. It's about Jesus. And so it's easy for us to miss it, miss it. We can be so obsessed with our stories, because our stories can be stories of consumption and consumerism, can't they? We can be obsessed with our spirit of Christmas. It has nothing to do with the one that Jesus brought forth in Bethlehem. And so we worship less, and we spend more, we give less, we struggle more more during the Christmas season, and we miss this prophetic story. We miss how the Holy Spirit, the powerful Holy Spirit of God, was moving throughout all of history, throughout all the Old Testament, into the New Testament, and into our lives today. And the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas is God's Holy Spirit moving. Don't miss out on that. Missing out on Jesus this season, this year. If you've allowed Whatever this world's thrown at you this year, and it's thrown a lot of stuff at us. If, if you've let any of that stuff distract you from Jesus, you've missed it. If you allow the next few weeks, like few days and weeks, allow you to get distracted, you'll miss it. You know, I think it's ironic, but it's easy to do. We can miss out on Jesus during Christmas. So what's the Christmas spirit? It's God's Holy Spirit moving about his people. And it's his story, his spirit. And it was there from the beginning. Listen to this. You guys have heard this, and it's a very familiar passage that we read at Christmas time as well. Matthew 1.18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. 
But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. A miraculous beginning ordained by God's power alone. What a, what a mysterious set of circumstances, right? A virgin is going to give birth? That, that's impossible. That, that doesn't make any sense in anybody's mind. There's no way that that can happen, right? But when we think about God and His plans, they are plans that we may not come up with. Mary's conception and Jesus' birth, again, show us that God has a plan. He has a plan, and he's made provisions for us. And so after 400 years of silence, and after 700 years since Isaiah prophesied about it, God's Spirit was moving again. When God gets ready to do something great... What's he do? He prepares the way. Listen to this in Isaiah 9. The people who walk, Isaiah said this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Does that that sound familiar to you guys? Uh, A land of of darkness? No doubt that, that I think we're living in some very similar times. I think 2020 is the residue of a sin-filled earth. I think 2020 is the result of the fact that things are broken. People are hurting. Night is near. Darkness is upon us. But yet shining in the night is the Savior. Look at the rest of this. You, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice that they harvest. For a child is born unto us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And look at this. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all of eternity. Again, Isaiah's words, 700 years before Jesus would come to earth. Yet shining in that night is a savior. The scripture also says that his light, the light, gives us light. It's the light that we carry into our dark world today. I want you to listen to Isaiah's words again. This is Isaiah chapter 53. Such prophetic words. And I'm sure when the people heard these for the first time, and really when people read these for years and years later, once they were written down, they had to not really completely understand what was going on. It wasn't until Jesus had come to earth, had, had gone to the cross, had done, had, and when that all had played out in front of the people there, 700 years later, that, that someone probably went by first and said, look at, look at what Isaiah wrote. Look at what Isaiah said. Look at how exactly what God told Isaiah was going to happen is now happening. Here it is. Think about this. Here's what Isaiah says. He says, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up 
in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquitted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment from his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away, Isaiah says. We have left God's path to follow our own. Sound familiar? Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep in silence before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants. That his life was cut too short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and he never deceived anyone. He was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, and he will have many descendants and he will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Jesus came to earth on purpose with a plan. When God gets ready to do something great, he prepares the way. When God wants to do something, he will do it in his time. And we just have to be patient. But he's going to prepare the way. Uh, Look at John 14. This is Jesus' words to the disciples when they're trying to figure this all out right before Jesus would go back to heaven. He's revealed himself to them after his resurrection. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 23 and following, "All, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and he will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my words, they are not my own. But I am telling you this from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now that I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. And so what we see through Scripture... What we see played out right before our very eyes in all of history is that God's got a plan. God's going to prepare a way. And what God promises us here today, over 2,000 years later, those words are still true. That there is this advocate, there's this comforter, there's this guide. Jesus calls him the Holy Spirit. And he will live amongst you and in you. And he will guide you. He's the one you will follow. Jesus says, this is what I'm going to provide for you. The way, 
And, and so for us, the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas is to be reminded. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss the fact that God prepares a way. He's always prepared a way. And his name's Jesus. He gave up his rights in heaven. He took on human flesh. He was pierced for our wrongs and he wiped away our debts. His birth and his death were both a sacrifice so that you and I may receive grace and mercy. Isaiah says that in Jesus you are healed. In him you are made whole. Victory over our hurts and pains can only be found by clinging to the wounds of Jesus. We cause those wounds by our selfish and shameful acts. And so he took the blows. He bears the scars. And those blows and those scars bring us healing. They bring us wholeness. And they bring us peace with our God. Do you want peace this Christmas season? Do you want, it, want just a little peace? Do you, do you want to feel whole? Do you want to feel healed? Do you want to feel new? The good news of the gospel was that there is only one that can do that. And he came to us. We didn't have to go looking for him. He came to us in the form of a little baby in an animal trough in a little town. He came to you and he says, lay it all down. Lay all of your pride and rebellion and sin. Lay it all down and accept my offering. I'll make you whole. I'll make you new. I'll give you some peace. When God gets ready to do something great, he prepares a way. And his name is Jesus. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for those who have gathered here in this place to worship you. God, we know that it can be so easy to get distracted. May may our hearts and our minds this Christmas season be focused on you. May we be able to have conversations and, and be in the midst of people where we can remind them of your great hope you are the, the light of this world. You're the only one that can make any of this mess right. You bring about healing. You bring about peace. You took our sins. You took the blows. You bear the scars because of us. May we worship a risen Savior who came to this earth in the form of a little baby who lived a a perfect, blameless, holy life and that would willingly give his life as a sacrifice for us. That's that's the story. God, my prayer this morning is is if there's someone here this morning that, that hasn't 
given themselves to you. That they would, they would do that today before they would leave this place. That they wouldn't allow themselves to walk out of here today without committing to walk in your ways. Accepting you as their Lord, their Savior. God, thank you. Thank you for preparing a way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to sing this song. and We'll have some folks down here that would love to, to pray with you and talk to you. Dave's around. Some other folks are around. Uh, if you want to make a decision this morning, if you want someone to pray with you, we'd love to do that. Let's sing. things out. We'd love to connect with you. I think I'm New Wall. Brett and his guys are out there. They love to answer any questions about the church. Uh, if you're looking to kind of uh, see what the next step is, maybe as we head into 2021, looking to get in a life group or something like that, you can go over to the next step area right through that door. Uh, Kevin and some folks over there can answer any questions about what your next steps uh, may be. Hey, you guys have a, have a great week. Enjoy this season. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you back here next weekend.